Hi, welcome to Kickoff Labs on Growth. I'm Josh Ledgard, and my goal with this podcast is to help you grow sustainable businesses through the stories of our customers and our team. There's been a bit of a summer break hiatus for this podcast, but we should be delivering more consistent content on a weekly basis for the next couple of months. This week, we're sharing an interview we did with Dana Holiday. Dana is the co-founder and creative director at Solo Eyewear. Solo Eyewear creates a beautiful line of eco-friendly sunglasses that fund eye care, encourage adventure, and inspire individuals to change the world. In anticipation of a Kickstarter crowdfunding campaign, Solo Eyewear used Kickoff Labs to power referral rewards, which gathered more than 30,000 leads with a 98% referral rate. In this interview, you'll learn why you don't just put a new product up for sale without doing a proper marketing launch, how to design a high converting launch page, and what rewards work best as a giveaway that encourages people to share your campaign. Be sure to check out the show notes for this episode on our site because we've included tons of the images used, email copy, and everything you need to recreate their success. Remember, if you enjoy this episode, subscribe to Kickoff Labs on Growth in Apple Podcasts, write us a review, and send any feedback to josh at kickofflabs.com. Also, if you want to go big with your idea, don't forget to sign up at kickofflabs.com to start building your audience today. Welcome, Dana. Thank you. Thanks so much for having me here. Um, I'd like to understand at start a little bit about your background, um, you know, before uh, you know, before solo eyewear potentially, and, and what got you into solo starting solo eyewear as a as a company. Yeah, certainly. So I'm a digital marketing consultant. Um, My background is actually in graphic and web design. And I went to San Diego State for graphic and web design. Uh, And while I was there, I worked at the Entrepreneurship Center on campus. And that's really what got me into entrepreneurship um, at all. Uh, It was there that I met my business partner, Jenny Amaranenni. Um, And we actually came up with the concept for Solo, which is a sunglass line that funds eye care for people in need while we were students. Um, So I used the concept as a project for an information graphics class that I was taking. Um, And Jenny used it for an international entrepreneurship course. And during our research, we learned that, you know, two really startling statistics, which are that. Uh, One billion people in the world do not have access to eye care and that 80% of the world's blindness is preventable. So we both did semester long projects developing this business and kind of the brand and graphics and um, data all around it. And as we did research, we learned that there was a huge, um, there was huge opportunity for impact here and that it was something we were really passionate about. So we decided to launch the company upon graduating. Um, and at, you know, we've been going ever since. So it's been about five years. Um, and we originally launched with repurposed bamboo sunglasses mm-hmm. and we, our most recent launch, which we used kickoff labs to generate kind of excitement and emails to launch our most recent product on Kickstarter was recycled plastic sunglasses. All right. Um, and so what, what made you want to like, what made you want to add this second product to the line? Like what drove, you know, what drove that desire? Yeah. So when we 
started with the repurposed bamboo sunglasses five years ago, it was it was pretty like new and innovative in the sunglass market, which was super saturated. And we used it as a way to stand out. Um, but over time, um, in the last few years, there have been more and more sunglass companies that have entered the market with the same product. So our goal was to continue to be innovators in sunglass product design, um, while also staying really true to our social and environmental ethos. Mm-hmm. Um, and one thing that we've learned over the past few years is that people, you know, we use really high quality products, they're all polarized glasses, and we work really hard to keep them under $100. But still, some people hesitate with, you know, $95 sunglasses, it's, a, it's too high of a buy-in for a product that they often lose or break. So we really wanted to come out with a lower price, more affordable solution for customers. And we connected with a factory that specializes in injection molding, um, and they produce eyewear for some really major brands. And in that process, we learned that there's a substantial amount of waste that's uh, incurred during production. So Mm -hmm. we worked with the factory to determine how we could recycle um, this waste and use it to construct a new line of eyewear while maintaining a really high level of quality and integrity. That is uh, that is really neat. I, I love the uh, I love the the vision for the social good. I love the uh, the health of the environment while creating a really cool looking product uh, for people. You guys knew you wanted to launch this product, um, and you already had a company. You already presumably had a uh, an email list of people that are subscribed uh, to uh, to for your existing product. I assume correct. Mm-hmm. So why not just uh, why not just put the new product up for sale and then blast an email to all of your existing subscribers saying like, hey, we have this new product. Why attempt to do a, a growth campaign at this stage? So I mean, it was there were a few reasons. Um, one was one of the most obvious reasons for most companies is product validation. Um, we had customers that you know, were and still really are married to our bamboo line. Um, And so we wanted to use this as an opportunity to ensure that it was something that people wanted. Um, So after developing it, we were really excited about it. We used this to make sure that other people were excited about it as well and to generate kind of some buzz and excitement around our product launch. We chose to launch the actual product on Kickstarter, which is a, for anyone who doesn't know, it's a crowdfunding platform that provides uh, easy and early access to capital through reward level, reward-based pledges. Um, So the second reason we did this was because producing a line of sunglasses is really expensive. Um, Especially with injection molding, you're paying for all of the molds and there are, you have to order certain quantities. So it helped us It helped us place that order for the new production. Um, and then also guide our order quantities and color design decisions. Um, so we kind of backed into what a successful campaign looked like. Um, we spent a lot of time planning our strategy uh, with our focus on growing a large enough email list to guarantee that we would reach our funding goal of $20,000. So in setting our goals, we used an equation assuming based on past experiences and research that we could convert uh, convert 2% of our our email list. Mm -hmm. Um, So with that 2%, with an average pledge of $50, which is what the new line costs on Kickstarter, Mm -hmm. we would have to gather 20,000 emails. 
Okay. And we didn't have that uh, with our mm -hmm. existing email database. So we used Kickoff Labs as a tool to generate 20,000 emails before we launched so that we could guarantee our success upon launch. Awesome. So to reiterate, and this is this is a fairly common a common desire. Is that the goal is your goal is to have a large enough a large enough funding on on Kickstarter, not you know not achieve the goal. You wanted to achieve your goals on Kickstarter, and in order to do that, you felt like you'd have a conversion rate around you know between two or three percent, um, but you realized you didn't have a large enough email list at the time to do it. So your challenge was to grow that email uh, was to grow that email list large enough so that a two percent conversion rate would help you achieve your Kickstarter goals. Certainly, exactly. Okay, um, and so talk to me about the uh, you know talk to me about uh, building uh, building a landing page. So it, why not? You already had a website. Um, you probably already had some people that could build a website. Why not uh, build a collection tool yourself um, or code the or code it yourself? Yeah, so I think this is kind of a fun question because um, we do have the team in place to do a build your own website. Um, as I mentioned, my background is in graphic and web design. Yep. And we have a really um, early team member that we work closely with uh, who does development. So mm -hmm. we could have done it ourselves. Um, and the reason we didn't was um, the social referral part of it is actually pretty complex. Um, mm -hmm. And my business partner is the one who showed me Kickoff Labs, and I was really hesitant because the, as a designer, the integrity of our designs is really important to me. Mm -hmm. uh, and there's a lot of WYSIWYG and templated design tools out there that it's really difficult to achieve your desired design. Mm -hmm. um, so we were researching the most effective lead generation tools and the keys to viral launches. Um, mm -hmm from campaigns like Harry's and yep. the Anthem Boxers. And um, we were really drawn to this referral reward campaigns. And we knew that building a tool like that would take a lot of time and energy. Mm -hmm. um, and once I logged into Kickoff Labs, I realized that the design process was actually, uh, the tools were simple, but you were also able to um, do custom design. So mm -hmm. once I learned about that, uh, it, it was just easy to do custom design and implement and manage the, so the social referral program. It was kind of a no-brainer for us. And awesome. That's that's great to hear. And we'll talk more about the, the referral program in a second when we get to the thank you page. I want to start just talking about this launch page um, that's that I've been showing for a little bit where it says at the top, a new line of sunglasses is coming. Uh, eco-friendly shades that fund eye care for people in need. And then you ask people to call to action to be the first to see more. Um, and then uh, and then you have a, a step inside just to call to action. I'm curious how you guys came up with the, you know, choice of the the, the, the design layout and, and, but specifically also the copy that is on the page. Yeah, so the design process, um is a lot of trial and error. Um, we spent a ton of time reading up on, like I said, successful previous landing pages and modeling our content design and layout after companies who had already paved the way. Um, there are a few great articles on Tim Ferriss's blog about gathering emails and hacking Kickstarters. And we followed those guidelines pretty closely. Um, we kept the layout of the page very simple to avoid from people being distracted from the intended goal, which is obviously to leave their email address mm -hmm. um, and then step two, share with friends. 
Um, the messaging is all very short and sweet. The page layout is simple. Um, and I think the images that we selected were really impactful. So the call to action is front and center. It's in your face. Uh, as far as the messaging, it's kind of funny. We tested messaging throughout the campaign um, and learned like you have to be extremely literal. So one really great example of that is the original banner up there said eco-friendly shades that fund eye care for people in need. And a lot of people would go to the site, read that and think, I don't need eye care. These aren't for me. Mm -hmm. So we had to add um, the messaging with each purchase at the end, yep. um, just like to really bring it full circle. And um, for example, that call to action on that page, uh, be the first to see more was not our most successful. Uh, people responded better to straightforward I yep. saying like sign up and earn free sunglasses. So yep. there's actually a second landing page um, that I submitted as well. Oddly enough, they actually had pretty similar results. But um, one page took off before the other, so we weren't really able to compare them accurately, uh, which was kind of a bummer because as a business, we struggle often with trying to find the balance. Is it our mission of funding eye care or is it just the product? So this page focuses on materials, construction, price. Um, yeah. It's super literal, straightforward. It shows you the product. Um, and if you look at the analytics of the two pages, their like conversion rate is very similar. Um, but this page in particular was the one that got picked up and then just like reposted and reposted and reposted. So uh, it's the page that was seen by 90% of viewers. Yeah, I'm guessing, I mean, I, personally, I like, I like this page um, better. It was just probably more my opinion because I, I prefer to have the, the numbers uh, say it. But what I like about it is in that hero image um, is that to the point you said earlier about being more literal, this page is much more literal um, than the previous page. And I think that's really important for most companies. Some people think that it's beating customers over the head, but I think it's important to be straightforward and say like, listen, this is what we are. A new line of sunglasses is coming. And then eco-friendly shades that funds eye care for people in need with each purchase, like you said, very specific. Um, and then a very, a little bit more specific call to action of sign up and earn free sunglasses. So you're teasing the rewards there on the first page, which I think is a best practice for using a, um, a tool like a tool like ours to do the referral campaign. It's just a, you don't want to mention it too much, but you want to tease it on this first page. And then, like you said, you talk about the product in those first two feature areas, like the recycled plastic frames, the styles, the colors. Um, but then you do still mention at the end that like there's this component that you are giving back um, mm -hmm. um, in several ways with the uh, with, with the purchase. Um, so let's move on to the referral program, and I'd love to talk to you because we get questions all the time with people trying to decide how, what sort of you know, rewards they want to give, and what they want to do with the referral program. So. What I see here is, you know, first at the top, you thank people for signing up. Um, I love the picture of the dog with the sunglasses. That is uh, awesome. And it's looking at the copy, which is actually important because your eyes follow what, you know, people or, or other animals are looking at on the page. So I, I really love the layout that you did there with that, that hero image in a desktop view there. Um, and it says, don't leave your friends behind, invite friends and earn product. Um, share unique link via email, Facebook, Twitter, um, and you've got the share share buttons there, and then it looks like at five you're giving fifteen dollars off, at twenty five of a pair, and at fifty the first to receive the new plastic uh, the new plastic solo glasses. So 
how did you decide on these reward levels that that's how you wanted to reward people? So we spent a, like a lot of time um, circling around what we wanted to give. Um, and I think I heard it in someone else's interview and I'm just going to reiterate it. Like in order for these campaigns to be successful, you have to be willing to give something away. Uh, it, it really is crucial. Uh, and because people are then incentivized um, and it also has to be attainable. Um, so for us, like a pair of sunglasses is not a super low cost giveaway. Um, but the majority of people don't reach that level. What they do reach is the first level where you're providing them a discount code and then you're further incentivizing them to purchase your product. Um, so we worked with what we had. Um, we had a line of bamboo sunglasses and we had a line of, we had a new line coming out of the recycled plastic sunglasses. So interestingly enough, the highest reward level was a lower priced product than the second tier. Mm -hmm. Because it was like the new and exciting thing that was coming. Um, so the way we were able to kind of handle some of this was that we worked with um, excess inventory that we had of the bamboo collection for that giveaway. Um, and then the recycled plastic, um, we with the injection molding, you have to get such high quantities that we just dedicated. You know, we said, okay, if in order for us to gather 30,000 email lists like this is worth it to us we're gonna give away our new product and really if you think about it the people that are reaching the $50 reward level are influencers mm -hmm. so for those people to have your product it's not a bad thing like those are influencers they're kind of like your social butterflies they're out mm -hmm. in the community they have a lot of clout so it's a, it's a common question at these kind of levels um, about how many uh, how many people got to the twenty five and and fifty? Do you have, kind of know offhand or rough numbers of of people? Because I always hear the fear from customers, like, what if everybody gets fifty referrals and <laughs> like I have to give away all of this product? Yeah, I think if everybody got fifty referrals, that's kind of a good problem to have, but um, but it's just not what's going to happen. About one hundred and ten people earned. Um, two pairs of glasses. So the way it worked is if you each level that you reached, you also got the levels beforehand. So 110 people reached that top level. Um, 70 people earned one free pair. And then the remainder were in that like zero through five. Great. I mean, that's, that's, that's about what I'd expect, but it's good to hear actual numbers. I think people will appreciate. So thank you for sharing some of those, those mm -hmm. numbers because it's a, it is a fear people have going into a, going into a campaign like this and, and you know, not knowing what the right, uh, what the right motivational tools are to get people to share. Um, so when people click share, um, you can come up with a, a message where people share, uh, and a hero image. Um, was there anything, what kind of thought went into the sharing messages? And I'll show the, the uh, the Facebook and we'll go into the Twitter and then the email sharing message. Um, let me look at that. Okay, a new line of sunglasses coming. We both see it. So we, I mean, we played with this a lot. We have, we have a lot of different ideas. Like some were more clever, some were more literal. Um, we chose. We spent a lot of time picking the photo as well. Uh, this one was gender neutral. There were boys and there were girls. They were kind of outdoor, having fun. It didn't, it's, it's, you know, it's a somewhat professional photo, but it also could be an iPhone point and shoot. So everybody can kind of relate to it. It's almost like you're sharing a picture of your buddies on the trail. Um, 
And then for the messaging, we again tried to keep it really literal. That top headline is a new line of sunglasses is coming. Um, and then down below, we did use some of the like, be the first to see that messaging is most people don't read it. They read what their friend writes and they read the headline. Um, but if you do dig into it, it has the fact that you're going to be the first person to see the collection. It has our environmentally friendly component. Um, and then a like little bit of a preview into the referral program, invite friends, earn product. Mm -hmm. Cool. Uh, and then the Twitter message uh, is, is a little bit similar, just more text-based, obviously. So uh, it says, for people that can't read it um, on the screen, but it says, I can't wait for Solo Hours new line to launch. I'll be the first to get a pair, uh, live and give. Uh, and then you link to the, you link to the share page from there. Um, I yeah. assume, go ahead. Oh, so for the Twitter, when we approached it from kind of like a short and sweet and like mm -hmm. also make it something that was really slightly vague, but interesting. So people are like, you're going to be the first. I want to be the first. What, what are you the first at? Mm -hmm. um, and it was pretty successful. Um, the, the Twitter share was um, definitely, we definitely had the most action of the sharing link on Twitter. And then the, uh, the email share, uh, you guys told a little bit longer story in the email share, uh, which seems to be, seems to be interesting. Instead of short and sweet, you went with like, I'm going to tell you a story. Yeah. So that email is actually, um, the day that we launched our, uh, landing page, we sent this, you'll see that okay. it says, Hey mom, we sent this to all of our personal friends, family, and network, like individualized mm -hmm. emails to people that we had personal connections with. Um, and yeah, it goes into all of the details of solo kind of what's new, what's not, how can you help us? Um, and then some kind of insider access into assets that we were preparing. Like we had spent a lot of time and energy on this video for our Kickstarter campaign. So we allowed them to kind of get a sneak peek as, you know, early supporters of our company. Uh, so in terms of email, this one was just to our personal networks. Um, Got it. So that leads into the next question, which we were going to get to, which was um, how you initially um, seeded the campaign, which is an important thing. People sometimes assume they just put up pages like this and like all of a sudden people will come to it, which is not always the case. And so uh, in this case, you had an email that went out to your basically your friends, family, or really close influencers you already have that you felt like you could reach out personally to. So about how many people was that? I mean, I did that and my business partner did that. And so between the two of us, we probably sent it out to a couple hundred. Um, and then we asked uh, some other team members to send it out to their network. So they all probably sent it out to, I don't know, we'll say an average of like 20 people. Um, so this went out, this email went out to probably less than 500 people between us and then all of our um team members and interns and, you know, closer connections that we asked to forward it along. Yeah. So through email marketing, we did this effort. Um, and then we also sent a little bit, uh, a very similar email, but shorter and, um, a little bit more branded to our existing customer list. Um, and we asked them to share. So we sent that out to our existing email database and, uh, then we had, social media. So we were sharing it, um, from our company page on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Uh, we did 
Facebook advertising, um, a, a pretty strategic and hefty like uh, paid Facebook advertising uh, campaign and retargeting campaign. And there was the social sharing on the page itself. On Instagram, we did um, kind of like a countdown of how many days were left. As you could see, it's like five days, four days, three days to share. And then up mm -hmm. in the top of our bio, we had like uh, share and earn free sunglasses with the link. We reached out to all kinds of partner brands that we have relationships with and asked them to create um, emails or social posts and kind of help us generate excitement and buzz around this. Um, and then, yeah, we would go and we would share it on websites um, that were relevant and people would be interested and click through. What I'm hearing for you is that you guys sort of left no stone unturned. You reached out to influencers, you found websites, you did Facebook advertising, you leveraged your existing social media connections like, in, like Instagram. Um, I do love the unique campaign. Um, so I, I know Izzy included the image of like the one day, two day, three days. Uh, four days left um, as, a, as a unique uh, as a unique thing. Something I hadn't heard before. Somebody you how to how to use Instagram. So it's a good uh, a good trick. Um, and you did Facebook, Facebook a pretty hefty Facebook advertising campaign. Um, what tactics would you say were the most effective um, for driving the, the traffic? I mean, I, I think it's important for people to not just hone in on one thing and put all their eggs in one basket, but I'm curious what you thought was the most effective, uh, were, were the most effective spends of your time and your team's time through, for this. So we find that in general for our business, email is the, um, is the most effective tool that we have. Um, so email was a really effective tool, but our audience was only so big. And, you know, once we'd emailed it to them a few times that we couldn't, we'd kind of exhausted that effort. Uh, the Facebook advertising, if you can create a budget for that, it is really helpful um, because you can get as specific as emailing or uh, advertising to lookalike audiences from the people who've already signed up for your campaign. So maybe your core network of 100 fans has signed up, then you can advertise to people who have similar interests and behaviors and habits as those people. Um, so Facebook advertising was big for us. Um, another thing that you mentioned uh, that I didn't really touch on is we have um, a creative ambassador program, which is essentially uh, influencers, um, mostly on Instagram. And we reached out to, we have about a hundred, we reached out to all of them and asked them all to share this. So that was also very effective because each of those influencers has between, you know, 5,000 and 500,000 followers. Kind of jumping around a little bit, when somebody signed up, um, you have a fairly simple email that encourages them to share with a, with a headline image. Um, I assume this is, again, uh, very intentional. Um, it's cute at the bottom. It says, by the way, that's us in the picture. So you're being, you're actually, well, it's something that I tell people is to make the emails as more as personal as possible. So it seems a little bit less like a, like a robot. It's just a good little uh, note that uh, to people that it's a, it's a personal, uh, personal request. Um, yeah, we certainly wanted to convey that like, this is us and like by supporting our company you're helping support us and our mission um and we try to be a really like transparent and authentic brand so it was very natural for us to send out personal emails um like this and we actually use that strategy throughout the campaign um we usually will send kind of like your like your uh really templated branded emails but throughout the campaign we sent a lot more plain text emails that were 
kind of heartfelt and from us personally. You guys were sending out an email to remind people they had five more days to share. Yeah, so this one was kind of fun. We came up with the idea to, they had five days left of the campaign. And what we realized was that, you know, people would kind of share it and either they generated a lot of leads or they shared it and they were done. Mm -hmm. um, so what we did here is we took a screenshot of how many uh, of that page, that um, mm -hmm. thank you page that showed you like how many, you'd, how many uh, leads you'd gotten. Um, and then below it, we put 152 people have reached this level, 56 people have reached this level, yeah. 79 people have reached, so that it was attainable. People were like, oh, people really yeah. are reaching 50 or 25 leads or five leads. I can do this. And it was just kind of like a little bit of a morale booster. Yeah. And that, I think this is important. So it's a, something that comes up a lot in, in, in with, from customer questions and in these interviews is that concept of engaging people throughout the campaign. It's not, you shouldn't view any of these campaigns as like a set it and forget it. Like I set it up, I set my Facebook advertising budget, I did my first Instagram share and boom, I'm done. And clearly you guys weren't with Instagram, you were doing a, a campaign with you know how many days left. Um, and then you had emails like this going out. So about how many kind of, I would call them, you know, re-engagement emails for this campaign did you guys send during the time? So I was trying to figure that out as I was preparing for this. Um, we definitely had the thank you email. We had this email, then we had a launch email as well. So there were at least three, um, mm -hmm. there might've been one or two more, but mm -hmm. really we do automated, um, emails on our website, right? So we have these types of campaigns set up where one day after signing up, you get this email or five days later, 10 days later, two weeks later. Um, but with this campaign, we had to really, really kind of walk the line between over communicating because we didn't want to lose leads before we launched um, mm -hmm. by over communicating with them and annoying them by being like ever present in their inbox. So mm -hmm. we tried to like, keep in contact, keep engaged without, um, without over communicating. So we sent probably three or four, um, and the campaign was a month. So if you signed up in the very beginning, you would have gotten four emails for us, from us one a week. I really liked, I wanted to call out, I really liked the, how you made it feel attainable, which is something, um, I think one, it's attainable because you set the first level at five, uh, for reward. And I think it just in general, um, I see people that set rewards starting at, um, at even 10 or 20, and it starts to feel unattainable if the first level is at 10 or 20, because I ask myself, like, you know, if it was a space I'm not an influencer in, could I get 10 to 20 people to do anything on a given day? Probably <laughs> the answer is no. Um, and so it would feel to me like, ah, why would I bother even sharing it? I'm never going to get to 25. But five, I could maybe, if I cared, get to, get to a level of like five. Um, and then you're showing people that, yeah, people were getting the 25 and 50. And so I, I like that technique of just showing people that like this can't happen. People are getting this kind of uh, traction when they're sharing it. And so you should go ahead and share the share the link as well. So uh, this is something that was unique to you guys. I haven't seen anybody else do it. And so it's useful to call out as a, as a tactic uh, for re-engaging people and making it feel believable um, that they can earn something. Um, so let's talk about something else we get asked a lot, which is what you do when you go and you launch on Kickstarter. So you touched on it and you did a launch email. So talk about, you know, today is the day and what, what you did 
with the, the 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 sign up page, which I've got here, what you turn it into, and then what uh, and then what other things you did on the actual launch day when you got Kickstarter, the Kickstarter campaign up. Oh wow, um, we on we had like a ton of coordinated efforts on the launch day, and I didn't. Um, this all happened almost six months ago now, so I didn't like go back and review that. But um, our biggest effort on launch day was certainly we segmented our list um, based on past customers or past subscribers, um, and then people from the uh, referral campaign. And we kind of tweaked the different emails so that um, people would respond better to the email that was designed for them. Um, and we sent this out to the 30,000 emails we collected from Kickoff Labs in addition to another 10,000 emails that we had um, prior to that. So that was our biggest effort was sending out that huge email. Um, in addition to that, we pushed really hard on all of our social media outlets, um, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. Again, Jenny and I sent out um, emails to all of our personal networks and we worked with our ambassadors Again, um, we asked them all to post the day of launch. Um, and at this point, we had actually received um, enough samples that we could send them to our biggest influencers. And they were able to take them out, get some cool photography so that on the day of launch, they were able to push some really neat content, um, fresh new content. Uh, we had a video that we had worked really hard on um, that really encompassed our brand as in terms of like the adventure component and the give back component. And we launched that and pushed really hard there um, in terms of sharing the video and Facebook advertising again. Let's talk a little bit about the numbers. So thank you for allowing us to share some of the numbers in the campaign. Mm -hmm. um, and there's two things that stood out, uh, which are the two main numbers in this campaign. So in case people can't read the numbers, this is just simply a chart showing the conversion rate um, over their campaign. Um, and that they had an 81.9%, almost 82% conversion rate, which is a really good conversion rate on the, on the sign-up page. Um, and that is most likely assisted by the fact that um, a vast majority um, of, of people coming into the campaign were referred from somebody else. So you're seeing you know, over 90% of the people coming to the campaign came from a referral from somebody else, which is typically when you see a conversion rate above 20%, what gets it there is seeing that uh, seeing that referral because a 25% conversion rate for a standalone landing page would be a pretty good conversion rate. The way to beat that is to make it so that when people are getting the page, they have the context of somebody they trusted sent them there. Um, and so clearly you guys had that. Um, and the other thing I wanted to share from this was um, that you guys had, you generated over 138 or 52,000, uh, the more important number, 52,000 unique views throughout the campaign. So you were getting brand exposure regardless of people that signed up or did not sign up um, for the campaign during the length of it. Um, and just this number of 30,000 uh, total conversions through, for the campaign that came through. Um, you were telling, uh, you're telling me, uh, an interesting story um, before we joined about uh, when the campaign first took off, and I'm kind of curious, um, you know, what you saw happening um, when uh, when the campaign took off, and you guys wanted to quickly scramble and and, and change some things um, that was uh, that were going on. So, if you can just kind of tell like your experience, like on the day that it took off, like do you remember what set it, what 
what events led to the, it taking off? So we launched it um, and the first few days, like I said, we reached out to our personal networks and it was, it was fun, you know, like my personal feed was flooded with that social sharing from all of my friends and family. Um, so in my mind, it was already successful, but it was fairly slow. Um, and, you know, hitting refresh on the browser. I go, one night I go to bed and I wake up. And when I wake up, I have my phone next to me and I obviously check the campaign <laughs> right away. And I'm like, We all check our important ROI numbers every morning when we get up on our phone. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so I'm like, holy cow, like suddenly we had just more than doubled overnight. Um, so I jump out of bed and I'm like looking into it, trying to figure out what led to this. Um, and you know, the majority of people in the beginning were signing up and we're getting maybe like one to two other referrals. Uh, and it was as soon as like bloggers and influencers started picking it up and sharing it. And then those people were starting to get, um, like some people had thousands of leads. And so what I immediately realized in retrospect was that we should have verified leads. Um, mm -hmm. And we weren't. Uh, so we turned on the lead verification <laughs> and um, I had like a moment of panic where I got in contact with Kickoff Labs uh, specifically. I, I'm pretty sure I talked to Josh and he helped me come up with a solution to back verify all of the leads pr that had um, come in previously. So that was a little bit of a hiccup in our plan. And I will say like everybody should just upgrade it in the beginning and verify <laughs> your leads. Um, but a few things that we learned um, that I'd really like to share with people are um, three things. Number one is that coupon sites and freebie bloggers will pick up your campaign and it will drive a huge number of signups, which is good. Like Josh said, um, you're getting a lot of brand exposure and a ton of people who didn't know about your brand before now do. Um, Unfortunately, these customers kind of watered down our list because they were in search of free product and like mm -hmm. extreme deals. And um, mm -hmm. so it's important to really consider quantity versus quality. Um, number two is like I said, verifying emails is a must. Mm -hmm. um, and then the third is to be prepared for the aftermath. Um, so 30,000 new emails is great, but that also means you have, you're now managing 30,000 new potential customers with unique questions. Um, yep. So you have to be prepared for the overflow of communications. Um, you're gonna get questions and you're gonna have to deal with fulfilling all of those orders. Mm -hmm. um, and people, you know, I got emails every single day that was like, the verification email very clearly states, click here to verify your email. And people would forward it to me personally and just be like, verified. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, you got to just be prepared. Yeah, absolutely. I think one thing you did that uh, I, I call out uh, for people who realized that was, that was important is that your rewards were tied to your product and your brand. Um, so at least you know that people, even if they were, you know, trying to, to game the similar people that were interested in doing it because they had an interest in sunglasses, you weren't giving away something that I would call generically useful, like, you know, an iPad mm -hmm. or, you know, not related to your brand, like a $200 Amazon gift card. And I see people that try yeah. to do those campaigns and you will absolutely get the wrong type of people on your email list if your rewards are not related to your product and your brand. 
um, that, that you're doing. So I think that's, I think your points are really valid. And I think you guys also set yourself up at least in the beginning for some success by making sure the rewards were tied to, you had to want the product to, 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 to try and game the system. At least you had to be a potential customer for you guys, um, to try and do that. Um, so in the end, um, you got the additional, the additional email addresses. Um, I assume you, uh, I assume you met your funding goal on Kickstarter. We did. Um, it was hugely um, successful. The Kickoff Labs campaign, we reached, uh, we set the goal of reaching 20,000 email addresses. And I thought that that was um, really ambitious. And I thought we were going to have to like be, uh, find other ways to kind of boost those numbers. Uh, and we reached 30,000 um, within a month and we're able to launch our Kickstarter campaign on time. Like I said, the list was slightly watered down from the couponers. Uh, so we did not convert at the percent we assumed. Mm -hmm. However, um, we had those additional email addresses, which helped us. And in addition to that, actually the list since Kickstarter has been really helpful. We've, we've spent a lot of time digging into, um, segmenting the list and creating content that's really targeted for these audiences. Um, and so we've built a really strong community post this, uh, after this campaign and, um, we're working on our email strategies and automated campaigns. And, um, it's been a really great stepping stone in our entire online marketing, uh, strategy and existence. We have one question from, uh, uh, okay, baby, which, uh, they'd sell modern cloth diapers. They're launching a new stash builder program for moms and dads to get away from waste disposables and build a stash of reusable cloth diapers while staying within their budget. And the question that they asked, I think is a really good one for you guys, um, at the bottom of the chat, which is, uh, for Dana, what is her feeling on the actual percentage of people who are there for help, the helping or the social portion of your campaign, um, and you know, the social good, I think she's, uh, she, they're referring to the reason I ask is a big portion of our marketing is to point out the damage that disposable diapers do to the environment. But the reality is people just want to save money and helping the environment may not, maybe not as big a portion. So for you guys, you guys have been doing this for a while, running a socially conscious company. Where is that line? Um, in terms of you think customers are just in it for the, you know, goods, you know, the, the deal or the sunglasses versus like they care that you're helping the environment and giving money back. That's a great question. Um, and I, I touched on kind of our struggle there a little bit earlier, and that's why we created the two landing pages. Um, it's this like age-old question for us. Like, are people buying our product because they believe in our mission or are people buying our product because they like the way our sunglasses look? And um, uh, the jury's still out. But um, what we have realized is that a large percentage of people buy our product because they like the way it looks on them or they, you know, they think bamboo sunglasses are cool or they like these reflective lenses. Um, it's really the design of the glasses that draws them in. Um, and then the social and environmental impact um, uh, is kind of like the, the cherry on top. So I don't think it's what draws people in. There's a small percentage of people that are looking for companies that are socially or environmentally conscious. And those people, you're going to be able to attract through your marketing efforts, targeting socially and environmentally conscious customers. However, a large majority of your customers will come to your product because they think it's cool and they think it's at a good price. And then your environmental impact will be like icing on the cake. Uh, it will help 
convert them, and it will actually help make them a lifetime customer. Um, so we have to focus, you know, we have to focus on number one, like really driving home what is our product. Because um, like I said, sometimes people think that we sell eyeglasses because we fund eye care. Um, we have to drive home our product and why it's cool and why you should wear it. And then, then after we've kind of gotten their attention, that's when we start to tell them about our social mission and our environmentally responsible materials. So UVA summarized what I, what I'm sort of hearing and what I, what I would make as a case is that people have to like the product and want the product first. Um, and that is the primary, the primary driver, whether the, the product and the benefit is saving money or if it's a cool product. They have to like that first and the things like uh, about helping the environment and doing the social good those become like trust factors when people go to make the ultimate decision to buy and they're saying should i put down my credit card number and do i feel good about giving this company my credit card information to purchase the product and that probably helps you guys at that stage of the purchase cycle so somebody has to decide first they want to purchase and then you probably get a, a, i'm i'm gonna bet if you compared yourself to a company that wasn't doing social good that did the exact same thing that you guys were doing and that didn't talk about the social good that when people get to the checkout page people are much more likely to um to convert uh to convert than um than the people who don't advertise the social the social good on the checkout page um so all right thank you dana um i want to thank dana for coming and uh, answering our questions and being so gracious with our time and being open with the numbers uh and and what led to their success uh of their kickoff labs campaign followed by their kickstarter campaign and the company in general which has uh, been around now for a while and and doing really well uh, now they have a much larger email list as she said to uh to try and market to um if you have any any other comments uh comments and, and questions uh feel free you can always email support at kickofflabs.com uh again i'm josh from kickofflabs.com uh, we help people create uh, referral campaigns just like the one we walked through today um in a relatively short amount of time and we'd love to have you try our product and let us know what you think from uh, kickofflabs.com so uh, thanks again, everybody, for attending. Thanks again to, uh, to Dana, and I look forward to seeing you all in the future. Thanks, everyone. Thanks, Josh.